Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my patient and happy co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a new discography per episode, even baby tiny ones like this. And uh, today we'll be discussing the one and only album by Probot. Oh, this is a, a bit of a, uh, what is this, like a comfort food? Yes. A little bit comfort, a little bit more of a... Hey, how about we take a break and do something for us? Yes. Uh, the shortest possible discography with music that we like a lot. Hell yeah. It's very interesting to talk about. Hell yeah. So uh, before getting to any of all this, if you want to help and support us, please like the video if you like it. Subscribe, blah, 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 blah. Leave comments, talk shit. Any insights into this into this record and to, and to all the members and guests on this record would be pretty fun as well. Uh, and you can... Uh, Find the full Probot album in the description. We usually have playlists associated with with all these episodes, but for one album discographies like this, you got the whole album in there. Uh, and if you would like, and we would certainly like you to, please join the Patreon, patreon.com slash every album ever. You got the bonus episodes there. You got early, early, early access to the Loose Ends episodes. You get 20% off all our merch. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls to decide who we cover next. And if you're tier two, if you're bigger than Jesus, then you can request artists for us to cover. And it's the only way we will cover artists that are requested. It's the only possible way at this point. And even those are backed up by months. But mm-hmm. that's where you go if you want to do that. Uh, and uh, don't forget to check out my debut EP, Pander Monkey. It's out now on all platforms. There's also a link in the description. Uh, I put a lot of time into that. If you hate it, that's cool. If you like it, that's also cool. I don't really care. I want you to hear it anyway. Just want you to hear it. That's <laughs> all it is. Tell a friend if you also enjoyed that. And spread it around, baby. You spread it around. Uh, I think that's about it for plugs. Yes. So ProBot, no one requested this, but who gives a fuck? We want to do it. It's easy. It's short. It's fucking rad. It's got everybody we love on one album. Yes. Some some of these people we've covered in the podcast. Many. I would say many of these people we've covered. We got your your King Diamond. Before we, before we even go into that, what is this? This is a metal super group of sorts super album is it's it's, you know it's also funny and i love that he compared it to it uh so this is by dave girl dave girl check out everyone knows everyone knows dave girl please check out our nirvana episode that's very funny he called this a death metal supernatural hell yeah so yeah fucking supernatural santana Effect in the metal world. It's sure, and in a way, I I personally enjoy it uh, much more. As you know, I hate Santana. Uh, I, I I get it. I get it. Santana's cool. All right, I just fucking hate that album. But it is like ten inches from the midday sun to date. It though. actually is that hot. You're not wrong there. But. <laughs> The, yeah, so this is a. It's Dave Grohl in every song. It's his band. It's his songs. Yada yada yada. But every single track has a different fucking metal god on it. Yes, <laughs> like every like so many of these fucking guys I love so much, and mm-hmm. only, I would say only like one I'm not or one or two I'm not really familiar with. Or like I know who they are, but I never really listened to the band. Yeah. Everyone else, I'm like, oh, it's fucking rad. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. Like, and it's it's so refreshing because not only do you get a different taste with every song, the songs more so than not, 
feel like the band that that member came from. Yeah, well, there's a there's a few that are a little different, but uh, for the most part, yes. Uh, so who do we got? Who do we got? Uh, so I guess I'll go in the order where we've covered. We got Wino of Saint Vitus. Saint Vitus. Check, check out that episode. We yes. got Tom G Warrior of Celtic Frost. Celtic Frost. Check out that one. We got fucking King Diamond. King Diamond. Merciful Fate episode two. We covered that. Uh, so those are the ones we've covered, but we, we got have- more, dude. Kim Thiel, song. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's on here, and then uh, you know, maybe even a few upcoming episodes. Oh, uh, some of them, we're not going to say who, but some of these motherfuckers are going to be featured very soon on this channel. So you, you got fucking Kronos of Venom. You got fucking Max Cavalera, Sepultura, and so I Fucking love Max Cavalera. I'll talk more about that later. <laughs> love that guy. Lemmy of Motorhead. Mike Dean of Coc. Kurt Bresch of DRI, Lee Dorian of, Cath- of Cathedral and Napalm Death. Uh, what, is it, what is it? Snake Snake of Voivod. Fucking Voivod. We've got a recent request for Voivod. Oh, shit. Uh, and Eric Wagner of Trouble. And, and and special special guest appearance by Jack Black. Jack fucking Black, who, hey, say what you will, the motherfucker can sing pretty well as a metal vocalist. Real strong vocals. Real strong vocals. When we get there. Oh, this album delights the fuck out of me. So... Uh, if you're at all familiar with metal, this is star-studded. Like, if you're a passing metal fan, this is like one of the greatest introductions to like the 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 things that we consider the the best, the I, best of the best. I agree. Dave Grohl doing an album with these guys is so much more interesting than if he bought on like an Ozzy Osbourne, who I think yeah. was supposed to be on here. I originally. believe so. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like an Ozzy or an Axl Rose or these guys who. Yeah. Don't really need it. Don't care about them either, though, because we the the big giant people, we it doesn't feel right. It's something about like just choosing the the, the biggest and most, uh, I guess, uh, prolific. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't. I don't know why it doesn't hit the same. I, it, like putting these are like the perfect level of c- celebrity. They're not yeah. really celebrities, but like, they're like juggernauts in the metal world, but. No one else would know who the fuck they are. Yeah, I'm going to say most Foo Fighter fans probably know like Lemmy and that's it. Uh, Everyone knows Lemmy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's he's him and King Diamond are like the biggest stars on on this whole album. Yeah. Even um, even putting it out on Southern Lord, which is one of my favorite record labels. Right. It's like a cool choice because I'm sure. I'm sure if Dave went to whatever label the Foo Fighters are signed to and like, hey, I got the side project. Yeah. Can, can we put it out? I'm sure they would have. But he fucking didn't. He went to a cool metal label yep. like Southern Lord. Yeah. And there, there is there is some we have some quotes about that and why he did that. And mm-hmm. There's like a lot of great quotes we got here from our, our history guy, Tom Osmond. By the way, you should follow Tom Osmond on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Tom Osmond Sounds. He does all our history and he's very, very good at it. Thorough. And check out his Substack at uh, tomosman.substack.com where he writes about music and all kinds of other music. He's a very, very entertaining writer and also a writer of music. So check out his debut album, So Much for All in Day's Work, which you can find on all the platforms as well as the link in the description. Uh, awesome stuff. And uh, he compiled a whole bunch of stuff for us. And uh, yeah, so we got like a bunch of interviews with Dave Grohl. I believe three interviews with Dave Grohl. One in 2005, one in 2002, and one that does not have a date. Um, unless it, I think it might be 2000. No, it's 2003. Yeah, 2003. Um, we got uh, – nope, there's more. There's, there's four <laughs> interviews. There's a, mo- a lot of interviews with them. Let's just leave it at that. Sure. You got uh, interviews with 
with Kronos, with King Diamond, Eric Wagner, uh, Max Cavalera, Kurt Rich, and I believe that's that's it. Um, and some of these are so fun. Um, I don't know if you want to just jump into the fucking album now. I mean, uh, might as we can uh, talk about the, the the history of it, but it's uh, it's all kind of ingrained with what this whole thing is. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, might as well this intro it because like it's a fucking killer song too. So oh yeah, so uh, yeah, like we said before, there's only one album, and it uh, came out 2004. This is Robot. So before it starts up, this is Kronos' song. It's really a perfect opener to, like, I can't imagine any other song doing it. Killer. I forgot it had this, like... Oh, this length? Yeah, yeah. so did I. I thought it just... Every metal album has this fucking overly long, spooky buildup. That was the caveat for doing Southern Lord. You need the long, the long rev. Oh, what the fucking rev, dude. Oh. Oh, fuck. One more. Craig, I want to hear this. All right. God, this is fucking rad. I like how that, like, yeah. incorporated in the actual song, too. I didn't know Chronos sounded this good at this, this time. Life. Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. Also, I left out. That is who's covered. He's covered fucking Nirvana. Yeah, I say at the top. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. My brain is mush. Yeah, no, we've been through a lot today. Everything that sounds so good, too. Sounds fucking awesome. Oh, I love that tone, dude. Yeah, Especially that fucking bass. Oh, great. Great tone. So goddamn chunky. Guitar, bass, drums, vocals, everything. This sounds fucking great. And he, it's more beautiful because, yeah, this is like, he's already deep, knee deep in Foo Fighters with a lot of pull. And to put it to this good use, at least production wise, mm-hmm. god damn, it, it's so flattering to everybody who's on here. A lot of these bands didn't get a lot of this treatment. Wino didn't get a lot of this treatment. No. <laughs> like, it's probably the best sounding Wino track <laughs> ever. Well, uh, well Strand Bill is pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, check out that fucking. Uh, yeah, check out that as well. Uh, Oh, wait, did we mention Tram Builder when we mentioned Wino? No, I think we forgot. Yeah, we've done like we did, mo- yeah, it's same virus, but we also did Tram Builder. We're like knee deep in Wino stuff. Dude, we love <laughs> Wino here. Uh, so this is like uh, a quote from from Grohl from uh, I guess sort of the origins of all this. He says. Started listening to underground American hardcore in 1982. Shout out. Uh, I had a relative that turned me on to punk rock, and by 84, I was completely immersed in it. The, that scene was totally independent and underground. I had my own fanzine, and I started a band. It really instilled that DIY ethic. I started discovering bands like Venom, Motorhead, Slayer, and Merciful Fate. Bands that were similar to hardcore in that the aggression, rebellion, and energy of the music was still there, but they were even nastier. And, <clears throat> end quote. Because, uh, yeah, those who know deep 
uh, Dave Grohl lore. He was the drummer for Scream, uh, and Scream was an early hardcore punk band. They were they put out uh, Discord Records' first full length album. Mm-hmm. Um, it was before he joined, but that's you know same band. Yeah, and uh, so he had deep roots in, in hardcore punk, and that's why this was because like, I I mean before I even knew about this album, I thought he was just the Nirvana uh, and punk guy. Like I knew about Scream, I didn't even I didn't know about his his roots with fucking metal like this. Yeah, I well I guess I did, but um. Yeah, I think also growing up in D.C., like that hardcore scene was so unique. One of the best. But yeah, he's just the guy just loves music. And yep. I don't think he well, obviously, when he's younger, he's got the aggression. But um, I think that's another reason the album sounds great. He's just a connoisseur of things that sound cool and good. Yeah, maybe may, maybe not the biggest fan of Foo Fighters, but it's not that I don't appreciate what he does. Uh, I did. I didn't mind that last album either. Um but I think they may have put one out since. All right. So uh, are you talking about the one that last album? The, uh, the metal yes. rate? Yeah, they put out concrete gold. Yeah, they put- I might not like the last album. I haven't heard it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, he goes on to say, uh, "Quote: I learned to play drums from listening to my favorite albums. I would put on Rush's tw- you know twenty one twelve and try to play with Neil Peart." Uh, but then as I listened to hardcore metal, I realized I was a drummer sport. I was really into Earl Hudson from Bad Brains, John Wright, No Means No, another request that we've gotten quite a bit. Amazing drummer. Uh, Jeff Nelson, Minor Threat, check out that episode. Dave Lombardo, Slayer, check out that episode. <laughs> we've done we a punk and metal. I, yeah. was, uh, I would learn all their licks verbatim. And I didn't even have a drum set. This is Now, this quote warms my heart to no end. Yeah. He says, this may sound dumb. But I had a chair that was next to my bed and I would kneel down on the floor and put a pillow between my legs to use as my snare. I would use the chair to my left as the hi-hat and use the bed as toms and cymbals. And I would play to these records until there were there was condensation dripping from the windows. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you that's what you do when you fucking have no, nothing. Yeah. But you just like it. Yes. Ah, uh, God, I fucking get it. God damn it. Uh any, any thoughts? <laughs> oh, no. This, like, I mean, yeah, the guy is, as advertised, all all the hype about being one of the best drummers ever. And this is this is why these are these uh, humble beginnings. He, I mean, even though he's who he is, he's still fairly modest with that stuff. Like, when people talk about his drumming, he really down. He's like, oh, I, I, yeah. just cop- I just copy everyone. Like, yeah, we all copy. Yeah. All right. We all learn from I mean, that's not the point. He has a fucking style and intensity that that is very distinct to him. You, I, you can tell it's him. I, I don't have the quote, so I, I'm not saying it verbatim, but I think he even has like said like the, the move to guitar was kind of like he just kind of not in like a dickish way, but this like found the guitar more challenging. Uh huh to tackle so like i mean you have to stay you have to stay challenged Uh, otherwise it can become a a routine or monotonous or whatever Mm -hmm. i I see i use this example way too much but fucking greg sonier of deerhoof he would he's a guy who would literally just alter his drum set every time you get bored at least that's what i from what i remember from hearing a long time ago which is pretty fascinating like you get so good at doing a certain thing that you have to make it harder to make it fun again uh which is it's not uncommon but i think People don't really think about it so much with music, um, at least not in my experience. Uh, okay, so so back to the the whole foundation of Probot. 
Uh, he says the, the whole thing started in January of 2000 after the Foo Fighters made There Was Nothing Left to Lose. That was our first record where we really started focusing on low level dynamics, acoustic sounds and songs that move from verse to chorus without surrendering to that quiet, loud dynamic. In 99, uh, rock music was becoming a victim of dynamics. I had a lot of ideas and I wanted to see where the melody took the songs rather than where the distortion pedal could take them. Uh, we started writing as a group in my studio um, in Virginia and the song stemmed from jams, but it was pretty mellow. Uh, then I tour pop. Sorry, I'm talking so much. I'm all quotes. Uh, then I tour pop in a Sepultura record or, or Slayer's Rain and Blood before hitting the stage. I would listen to that music to get pumped up to play <laughs> Learn to Fly. So I started questioning the direction I was taking with my music. <laughs> That'll do it, right? It's listening to fucking Desperate that, Cry. The, well, then the, playing Learn to Fly. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Learn to Fly, but no. in comparison, I can see why you're like, well, fuck, maybe I should be playing that music that gets me pumped or at least have it implemented in some way have that outlet because the, for those who like metal and like heavy music there is an undeniable feeling you get when you when you just hit this mm -hmm. gigantic heavy loud no it's, yeah. it's just it's it feels something inside you maybe it's just a guy thing i have no idea but it's it's different it's absolutely different and maybe you don't want to be a fucking full-on death metal musician mm -hmm. i get it but it is a very important impactful feeling that you get from from a nice big chunk because uh, there are like heavy foo fighter things but not i mean around that time was like more way more like poppy i think that was a big big album for them yeah, yeah, that that was. Um, he said the the album. Yeah, no, nothing. Left to, there was nothing left to lose. I kind of stayed away from that album for a while because I wrongly viewed it as like the more poppy mm -hmm. album, and like I th this nonstop hits on that. And then as I got a little bit older, I was like, oh no, this there's still good things on there if you're a fan of the the foos. Yeah, it's uh, kind of super cholo right there. But like, uh, <laughs> there, yeah, there's. That's another thing, like, you can have, it's just the dimensions of people, baby. You just fucking, you can have all that poppy shit and also be obsessed with death metal. Uh, and I think that's a, a good sign, a, a great sign of a good person. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't give a fuck about their ethics. I don't, even, I don't, I don't care about that. Uh, but more so of, like, where they're willing to go and where, where their spectrum of joy is. Mm-hmm. Like, can you, where can you get that joy? Can you get it from this crazy fucking hideous, scary thing? And also from this really nice, pretty poppy thing? Yeah. Like, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good sign of a person. I, I always, that's why I like Dave Grohl as a guy. I don't yeah. love everything he does, but I, I do like him as a guy. Yeah. And, uh, I, while we're talking about Dave Grohl, I know he said, uh, he, he learned to be welcoming and, and kind to people from, uh, Dimebag Daryl. So that's, uh, very, that's right. Very sweet of him. Pantera, check out that episode. Uh, fucking, yeah, that, that's not the only place I've heard that. Like That Dimebag was one of the, the nicest, sweetest guys in, yeah, in all of music, which is uh, sad. It's <laughs> so really sad. sad. A, like, man, that Pantera reunion is going to be weird, if you want to call it. There's going to be a Pantera reunion? Yeah, sorry, they I thought you knew. There's... No reason to do that. The two people that people like are dead. I would be fine with it if it was called something else. So it's Phil and Rex and then um, 
Zach Wild and Charlie Bennett from Anthrax. That's a killer lineup. That, that's what I mean. God I think people want to see that. I think pe- I'd love to see I, and that. I have nothing against it, but calling it just Pantera is like mm, it, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, I mean, how else would you market it though? Look at it from a business standpoint. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would, I would I would do a McCluskey thing. I would I would call like, there'd be like an asterisk or something like Pantera, but not really Pantera, but without the dimes. Can I call it Jeff Lynn's Pantera? Jeff Lynn's Pantera is a perfect example. Uh, that will be great, though. That will be great. You get what I mean, though. Yeah, like, for sure. sh- yeah, there should be some kind of a something in front or after the Pantera. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah, what about after pet? No, no, uh, I don't know, but some sort of a uh, indicator. Yeah, what's the word? Uh, after there's a word for it, but I forgot. Um, anyway, back to this. Yes. Uh, so Dave, you're on the the the, the forming of Pro, of Pro Buy. He says it started out as a project in my basement. First, I was just recording a bunch of instrumentals for fun, and I had no intention of releasing it, and I had no intention of having anyone all sing on it. After the first, after recording the first seven songs, I thought it would be kind of funny to almost make fun of that Santana record that had come out recently with the different vocals in every song. Uh, and then I played on the Tony Iommi uh, self-titled solo record uh, that has kind of the same concept. And I thought, wow, maybe this will work. And holy shit, man. I, I, I think he just like sent out like just, all right. He just gonna- kind of stumbled <laughs> into this. and it, Yeah. Yeah. So he, so he said on what you said earlier about like getting like the Aussies and the Axl Roses, he says, um, instead of having the mainstream or more popular things, I decided to restrict it to this genre of underground metal from 1982 to 1989, the sweet spots, baby. Uh, and he said, so we started calling people and I wasn't sure if everyone would be cooperative just because, uh, just because it was kind of out of left field that a guy from Nirvana would be calling people like Kronos from Venom or Tom G warrior or Lee Dorian. And everybody was really, really excited to do it. They all said, yeah. Also, going into this humble thing, he's viewing himself as like the mainstream, the enemy, thinking they would say no, where if he was a dick, I could see someone being like, I'm from fucking Nirvana. How dare you say no? Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's it's just a little, little thing in his character that is. It's nice. I admire. It's yes. nice. It could be maybe he's just lying and he really is that guy. He's like, you fucking, oh, I will ruin you. If I, I find will ruin out, you Tom G. Warrior. If I found out Dave Grohl lied about anything as minuscule as the weather outside, I would be furious. I'd be furious. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive him. I don't care. Uh, yeah, so they fucking just called everybody they liked. And they, it worked. I think. What I mean, it? what else are these guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean. It, I didn't mean it like that. Not wrong. Uh, so he said they would just send them the master tape, uh, give them the money for the studio, and they would send them back. And that That's was pretty much it. So crazy because we just talked about how great that Chronos song sounded, and to this be in different studios, and you're you're giving up a certain level of control, and and to have it. At least consistently sound this good is is crazy. Well, if you got a good mixer, which he does, yeah, uh, you can do a lot. Especially, and he's recording it out of he's paid for the studio. It's it'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be okay. okay. But uh, he says, yeah. But uh, one by one, they started coming back, and they were just fucking awesome. Every one of them was just. I just waited for them to come in the mail. That's got, dude. Fucking the it's, high it's of like a, Christmas. The high of an Amazon package on the way. It's a thousand. Yeah, that's it's got to be that feeling. Yeah. 
so we we played a, a little bit of the opening track, which has Kronos, like we said. Centuries uh, of Sin. Centuries of Sin, that's right. And Kronos says at the beginning, <clears throat> Dave sent me an email in which the first hundred lines, he was talking about how much he loves Venom and how often he's seen us play, uh, play live, a real fan letter. Uh, back then, he was only playing with the idea of recording a metal album with all his metal heroes and Venom having a part in it. He wrote that he'd have to get something off his chest. I answered instantly, of course, man, send the shit over. Let's fucking do it. He said, I'm not preoccupied. I'm open for everything. And Dave's cool. I can remember the first Nirvana, Nirvana song very well. And it, it was kind of like Metallica. Here we are now. Entertain us. That was fucking great. Very heavy. Uh, what a fun. What a nice. That's the most Kronos answer I've ever, ever heard. I've never heard an interview with Kronos before. Well, I'm just saying like listening to like Venom and then like he should talk like that. I mean, they are a fucking cool band. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So we, we've talked so much already. And we can, we are going to go through every song because there's so much to, to go through yeah. with every song. Uh, I love we should play a little bit of every song just because everything is so unique. How long do you want to be here, Mike? That's the only... That's a good-ass point. That's the only how long, caveat. How long is All right, maybe we, maybe we don't do that because yeah, yeah. this is a, <laughs> a one-album episode and we're yes. already fucking... Holy shit. Uh, but... I, don't, I I think we could move on to the next. All right. All right. Let's move on. We've talked a lot about Kronos. There's more. There's there's, fuck, there's fuck, red uh, next song. Well, no, okay. it's because yeah, it's yeah. Kronos and Lee Dorian went uh, went to London to promote the album with Dave. So like those two, those two are more, I, more important, quote unquote. Yeah. I do remember seeing like, uh, like sporadic, like pro bot, like, videos or no. performances on like MTV or something. So, yeah. So like he didn't meet everybody that was on the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, he, like he didn't even talk to at all, which is kind of a bummer. I think King Diamond, he didn't talk to, uh, but Kronos and Lee Dorian were like with him and stuff, yeah. which is, which is pretty rad. Uh, next track to Red, Red War, Max Cavalera. Oh boy. Oh that, boy. That song. Uh, just, I think I had just started playing or was very early trying to play drums and i know we said we weren't going to play every song but <laughs> let me tell you dave sorry, uh dave girl does not know how to play double pedal you can't even tell this he doesn't no like still still not on this album the fact that that's that's hilarious holy shit so this is not the best drummer ever <laughs> this no he is this drum beat Sounds like double pedal, but he's like doing some alternating between the toms and the crash. And it's just like some ginger Baker shit. Jesus, like broke my brain as a a young drummer. That's impressive. Fucking power powerhouse. In a way, it sounds better than double. I actually like the way it sounds. Well, I mean, toms over. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. The, uh, so first of all, you know this is a Max song before he even comes in. It sounds in. like Sepultura. It does, yeah. I do want to get his fucking signature voice. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, you got to be moving like a hundred miles. Oh, 
of the best metal voices ever. I fucking love that. God damn, he has this fucking this shredding vo- like quality to it where he sounds like he is dying. <laughs> I've I've never listened to Soulfly. Should I listen to Soulfly? I, I haven't heard them since I was a kid. I forget. Um, but I'm I'm Max, a, I'm gonna the, guess that's the best thing him or Sepultura has done in a long time. Well, he hasn't been with Sepultura for a long time. Well, no, I meant like Sepultura Since, separately. Oh, right, right. Even like them continuing on without him and then him. Well, even like he left after Roots, which was an arguably pretty fucking great album and I haven't heard in a long time though. Um, but everything before that, like he never really went wrong with Sepultura. But I love Max so much as a metal guy, as a human being, mm-hmm. as a fucking father. I love this guy. Yeah. Across the board, he is the most consistent, amazing dude. Like, he's a good guy. Great dude. Yeah. Like, amazing dad. <laughs> dude, there, do you know the reason why he left Sepultura? No, I don't. It's fucking devastating. Yeah. Let's uh, hear it. Well... So he has a giant family. He married. He had like his own kids, I think. And he married a woman who already had kids. So he has this giant family. Mm-hmm. And one of his stepsons died oh. while he was on tour. And I believe his wife was was his manager. So he immediately left the tour because, dude. Sure. Yeah. Pressing matter. Prior, yeah. Priorities. Uh, and around that whole time period, uh, there was always like conf- like a little bit of conflict because because he was married to her and there were she was his manager. The rest of the band felt that, that he was getting special treatment, so they wanted to fire her right after her son died. What the so he, fuck? He's like, no, that's not, not going to happen. And they were like, I guess it turned to a giant fight. And he's like, well, all right, I'm out, I'm out, I'm fucking done. Jesus so Christ! He left his band with his brother. He left like he left his brother there because mm-hmm. the, he. <laughs> Obviously, who wouldn't do that? Who fucking wouldn't do the same thing? Yeah, it's like pick and choose your spots, guys. And that was not a good bad timing. Yeah, bad timing to try and fire the like not just your manager who lost her son, but your boy who started the band. Who is it's it's like, oh, my God, it's insane. So after that. Uh, then you hear all kinds of stories of like you see like the relationship between him and his kids like they're all into metal now and they all like and so it's okay he's a mensch he's a total mensch another thing that I fucking love about this guy about the realness the the sincerity simple shit the fact that he only has four strings on his guitar I didn't know that about him either dude he's a rhythm guitarist through and through he said I don't play leads I'm never going to use those strings, so I just don't even bother stringing them up. If you if you go to any photo of him playing, you zoom in, there are not strings. The, the top two strings are not there. Nice. It's fucking awesome. I was going to say even in, uh, what's that, uh, what's that, super, oh, Killer Be Killed. Killer Be Killed? Yeah. Uh, um, also, four strings there, probably. Every time you see him with a guitar, yeah. there are only four strings. All right. Uh. And yeah, he's, he's I don't know, maybe I got a little bit of details of the story mixed up. I'm pretty sure that's like that's sure, all, that's the is. reason. That's what that's what happened. Uh, I th- I believe he did make up with his brother uh, recently though. But here's a quote from Max about this this song and this record. He says, "I love the Dave Grohl idea of Probot, and I'd love to steal that idea and do something with my favorite singers, people like Mill from Creator, Tom Warrior from Tripticon, who's also on this album. Also, I want one day Creator trip." Oh, Triptychon. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then new guys like Full of Hell, 1349, and now uh, 
Nathrock huh. and uh, Belfagor. A yeah. bit of new and old together would be fantastic. We're excited about doing something like that. He used the whole quote to just say, like, no, I would like to do something yeah. like this. Like this. It's fucking. You said anal. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oops. Uh, oops. And uh, did I say anal? No, I've been just uh, fucking with you. I'm just fucking with uh, you. But yeah. Fucking yeah! So Grohl said about this. I'm gonna try and run through these as fast as I can. I'm not gonna talk about every member of the way I gush about Max. I swear to God. Uh, Grohl says I saw Max and Sepultura on the KSID KSID tour. One of my favorite things about the Probot record is the accent of the singers. Big from Montreal, Snake from Voivod has a strong accent. So does Tom G. Warrior. Uh, like Max, the fact that these guys have unusual deliver- deliveries only makes them more sinister. They sound like foreign military sergeants barking out orders. Sepultura were always an amazing blend of metal, punk, and tribal influences. When Roots came out, it changed my entire se- perception of what was heavy. That I mean, was, he's yeah. fucking right. Hell yeah, that was like, that was holy shit, groove metal's a thing now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Sepultura probably one of the better like groove metal bands. 100%. Alright, now next track. Shake your blood. That was the Lemmy. Big, big single with Lemmy. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's obvious. Lemmy's the most recognizable face. Yep. This, for all intensive purposes, is a fucking Motorhead song. Yep. It feels like a Motorhead song. It registers as a Motorhead song. Lemmy's on it. You know it sounds like one. Like if Motorhead just started working this song into their set list, I don't think anyone would be fucking upset or mad. Like, yeah. It's yeah. like a fucking great song. Great song. Uh, uh, apparently, according to Grohl, Lemmy's, I, I'm sure this is written everywhere, but he never considered Motorhead a metal band. He was quite adamant about that. Uh, but you got to relent a little bit that your huge reason metal exists. Yes. Huge reason metal. Is, yes. Yeah. Um, but what a very fun quote about, about Lemmy from Grohl. He says, he's it. He's the real deal. Uh, the only one. Since I was 16, I've met a lot of people from many rock bands, but when I met Lemmy, I understood that it's him who's the one and only rock star that I'll ever meet in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've Yeah, I think he said that in the documentary, and he like he's like, yeah, I've like met like little Richard, yeah. who is fucking crazy, but it's like him and Lemmy. He, said, he says he might be the only rocker in the entire world. He came into the studio at noon, made himself the biggest whiskey Coke mix I've ever seen, drank three of those, and sang the song two times, played the bass two times, and then we drank. That's rock and roll, man. That's the way it's got to be. He says uh, uh, he drank more than I did, but I did it. Hey, man, Ooh. if you try to keep up, that's, that's the best you can do. Crazy. And then it's really hard to follow up Lemmy, but you got fucking Mike Dean. Does Mike it. Dean, dude. Also, it's just like this perfect, short, brutal palate cleanser. A like, minute 24, uh, Axis Babylon. So this is what he girl notes it in his quote here. But COC was a hardcore punk band. The very first time was hard in the punk. beginning. Yeah. Fucking one of the a classic dude. It's fucking um, was it Eye for an Eye? I believe it's called. I fucking played that shit repeatedly as a teenager. Nice, awesome album. And then they quickly went more metal. They went like thrash. Like Animosity was like you know one of the early uh, big thrash records or crossover records or mm-hmm. whatever. And then they stay. They went and then COC became kind of stoners. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but girl says at first COC were a hardcore band, but they ended up helping to invent the crossover scene by adding metal riffs. Um, yeah, Animosity is still one of the best ever. And uh, and as a live band, they were maybe second only to Bad Brains. High praise, by the that, way. Yeah. Holy. He says, I once saw the two of them together. Reed uh, of Mullen uh, was an early drumming drumming hero. And 
Reed Mullen, sorry, was an early drumming hero and Mike was famous for getting getting so into the music he played with drool running down his chin, soaking into his beard and smelling dreadlocks. <laughs> Standing there in a pool of his spit, his intensity was unbelievable. <laughs> now, if, <laughs> that's why we like metal. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, you're not going to get that at a Post Malone show. No, I don't think they want that, but we want it. We want the drool, dude. <laughs> uh, next. Also, I'm so I'm not a huge DRI guy yet. Oh, I'm a big DRI yeah, guy. So I think this is a fine song. How do how does it work for you? I like it. I like it's it is not really DRI sounding. Maybe some later stuff where they slow down a bit because it's mid paced, it's driving, it's solid. Uh DRI is fast. fucking fast. Yeah. They like they were the fast band from America. Like they were the US equivalent of like the fastest mm-hmm. uh, fastest hardcore band and then they went to they, they crossed over they into thrash and they were still fast they weren't like blistering speed but they were still very fast they were never bad they're very fucking cool and i just love kurt's voice i've always loved his voice it never aged yeah to this day consistent uh, i i saw them when i was a teenager maybe like you know, 17 or something. And he still looked and sounded like he did in the fucking, you know, 81. Yeah. Uh, so this song is great. Um, again, it's more slower. It's not, it's not so much the, what we know from DRI. Uh, and it's also funny that girl just said what I, what I just said. He says, uh, when I got the tape back from Kurt, I was very happy to find that his voice hadn't changed at all in two decades. Dude, <laughs> he just doesn't age. It's crazy. He sounds awesome. He's always starly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And then the next song, this is a bit of a weird, it's we, it's a weird song. And then you see who's on it and it gets even weirder. Very weird. It Ice cold, man. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's one of the weaker. Ones. Are you re- really? Yeah. I like it a lot. I like it. Uh, I I do dig it a lot. It has some fucking sinister ass guitar harmonies. Uh, it's more, it's less evil and brutal, more melodic, and mm-hmm. I find it to be a nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. Plus, the final two minutes kicks so much ass. I I think the key with this album, even if you if you're like me and you think some of these songs are weak, is the variety. Lots. Is, is like, uh, you know, he called the death metal super natural or like, I'm only focusing on singers from this era, but the variety from start and finish, every song is different to me. Feels very different. Feels very different. And on Ice Cold Man, we got Lee Dorian of, you know, Napalm Death Cathedral and Kim Thile of Soundgarden, which is what a w- strange <laughs> super group, pretty much. <laughs> so weird. Uh, and I... I do like Napalm Death a lot. I haven't listened to like a ton of their albums, but it, there's a there's a handful that I, I do enjoy quite a bit. I never listened to Cathedral though. Yeah, very, cu- very curious about that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check them out. Uh, but cool, and it's also not like you would expect more death metal from yes this, but it's not. No, it's pretty sh- straightforward singing. Uh, Lee Dorian comments on this. He says, I'm wondering how Dave does it all. Every night he's going out with us, getting getting up the next morning after two hours of sleep and works till 8 p.m. I could do that. I believe Probot is good for Dave to break out the rock star break out of the rock star routine because he simply is a rock star. Oh, that's sweet. That's how nice of that. Damn. Uh, but after that. Emerald Law with Wino. Wino never disappoints. Yeah. God I, damn. Yeah. Um, I remember. I think this was like my inner. Dutch into wino technically like this uh-huh. is the first time i like heard him i may not have known who he was or what a madman he was at yeah. this point 
But um, I didn't love it back in the day. But now that I'm older and my Phantom has, I, I think it's a killer killer track from him. Uh, I didn't even mention it at the top or at any point, And it, it might come as a surprise. I had never heard this album until doing it for this episode. Oh, shit. Ne- never heard it. Damn, you're talking. Well, I guess it's because of the people involved. People talking involved. about it with such animosity or opposite, opposite of animosity yeah, yeah, reverence reverence like, and love like yeah. i i this assume you've because i didn't know what it was i i i've like known about this album for so long i didn't really i just knew the name oh, and i knew shit, dave, dave Grohl was involved i didn't really pay pay that it had everybody i love on here yeah so I'm this, going, i was like oh shit i should have heard this a long time ago yeah this is like visiting an old friend with me i've heard this album so many oh, times this is brand yeah. new i'm like I, it was a delight i'm just fucking Hell yeah, it whenever like oh Oh, hell yeah and dude emerald law was almost like well obviously it's gonna be great why no fucking is rhino rules yeah and it was like yeah this is exactly what it, yeah yeah I, I love it i love mm-hmm. it um i will i will say the next track big sky with uh tom g warrior that does not sound like a celtic frost or no, it's tripnikon tripnikon yeah tripnikon uh does not sound like any of those bands and it's it's great that he has like the the variety to pull it off tom tom warrior is a guy that i like everyone who's seen the celtic frost episode knows i fucking don't like celtic frost except for when they start to sound like tryptocon yes like tom 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 warrior has had a an spectacular Crazy. evolution yeah. like I appreciate where where Celtic what Celtic Frost did in the, in the early days and the Hellhammer stuff, but I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But the you look at the last album and you look so, at that first, it's insane. Like he he grew into this metal god. Like also, really, also to like get older and become better is just so much better too. It's in my always great. It's always crazy to me to witness that from. Um, and anyone really so especially with metal though you, yeah you you don't really see that with like you'll get some progression but you won't see like this transformation yeah you might you you know there we talked about lemmy who is a dinosaur he that's not he he had more like a regression he was like in hawkwind oh that's right <laughs> that fucking motorhead and he's like this works for me i'm gonna do this until i die and he did yeah and that's why we love him apparently. yes uh girl said about uh about tom uh in this song he says i was always a celtic frost fan but unfortunately because of the way that we put the record together i st- I've still not met tom or even had a phone uh. conversation morbid tales was always my favorite celtic frost record could have been influenced by punk bands like gbh or discharge but of course they were darker sinister and a lot more metal i actually did like morbid tales it's the first thing they yeah. put out and i actually did like that one but it's it is it is basically like a fucking brutal evil discharge yeah yeah it's fucking crazy um next uh dictatosaurus that you did way better uh snake of voivod again uh i'm not too i've heard a few voivod things but i'm not big on them but i like this like banger of a track because i feel like we've been in in like sludge land for a little bit let's fucking pick them up with this there's a ton of melody melody in it but also he he girl mentioned it earlier but with snake's voice it's like it's one of those ones you either can put up with or you you mm-hmm. can't it's it's it will be a deal breaker for people who uh yeah well for those people i'm gonna play them johnny winter's voice for is that his name from oh, the blood brothers no it's uh, uh johnny 
Johnny, something, Johnny from the blue. I'm going to play them his voice, and then I'm going to play them <laughs> right. Snake's voice. That's not that's and not they're gonna fair. Pick, they're going to pick Snake 10 times out of 10. 10 times out of 10. Uh, I got to find out his name. <laughs> Just Whitney, Johnny Whitney. Whitney. I was close with the W and nothing uh, else. Uh, he has an interesting voice. He has the, you know, the heavy... Like as it Canadian like French accent or whatever. Yeah. Um. And I do like what I. I've only heard I think the first three albums, which are pretty. I think pretty beloved. I remember I really like. I think Killing Technology is one that I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the band. I haven't heard them in a long time. I feel bad for like my generation. I feel like Voivod was the band Jason Newstem joined after Metallica, and that's what. Is that did he? Yeah. He joined Voivod. Yeah. Oh shit. And that's what people like knew them for man for I, a little for a certain yeah amount of it's just oh that bad newsome joint you mean newstead whatever yeah, yeah. uh because th- the the thrash stuff was i really liked the, the thrash stuff because it was so much it was unusual it was colder and i i, I can't i don't want to say brutal so much because it can't dilute the meaning but it it did feel it didn't feel like typical thrash. It was way more uh, a little it was a little more fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it had like robot vocals in a lot of places. It was <laughs> a, a unusual band. And it, I kind of like I, robot vocals. I'm gonna have to everything felt more maybe because they, a lot of the theme was around technology and robots. Yeah. Everything felt a lot more like 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 like, like electronic. It wasn't electronic, but it just felt I more might listen to that on the way home. Metallic and it's thrash, but it's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. It's very unusual. Um, next, we got My Tortured Soul with uh, Eric Wagner of Trouble. Uh, that's some of the album I don't like. Yeah, that's the most like Dave Grohl song. Um, at it's t- like hard rock, sleazy bar rock. Yeah, at times it, it could be like a Queens of the Stone Age one. And yeah, I would say, I would say this one is one of the weaker ones for sure. Yeah, it's um, I think it, I thought the chorus is interesting, but it didn't it didn't save it for me. And uh, I imagine Trouble didn't sound that much different. Like, was this is this? Have you heard Trouble before? No, I've never checked out Trouble. I'm curious because if it's anything like this, I'm probably not going to be a fan. Yeah, uh, but Grohl says about them. He says they were uh, Trouble were an unusual band. Their riffs were so intricate and slow, and they played with such power. It was hard to imagine that they had Christian beliefs, but they did. Uh, uh, finding out that they were God fearing made them all the more fascinating to me. It took brave for, for them to admit it, mm-hmm. which is super fucking metal if you think about. It. If you're in that, that scene, scene, yeah, dude, that's like the the most dangerous thing you could do. Uh, but uh, Eric Wagner has some some nice things to say. He's you know. Um, he says he, uh, about the experience. He says, I come home one day. There was a message on my answering machine. And it was like, it was this dude like, hey, man, this is Dave Grohl, man. I'm doing this album called Probot. I want you to be part of it. And I'm like, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he didn't even call him back for a while. Eventually, they eventually they stored it all oh, out. Yeah. But like, yeah, I can see why you wouldn't believe that Dave Grohl is calling you and saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, okay. And then the king. The king. Oh, boy. Speaking of voices that you could you either love or you don't love, love it. I kind of love it on here too. I don't love King Diamond, but I I've grown to really like him. Uh, Sweet Dreams, which and Kim Thile, which is uh yeah delightful. Yeah, this one works better for me than the uh, the guy from Napalm Death. Yeah, Lee Dorian. Uh, uh, great song, great intro, fucking amazing main riff. Diamond sounds just like Diamond, which. I mean, like I said, I've honestly grown to like it kind of a lot. Uh, and it, it, it's it is, a good closer. It is interesting that it's not like 
merciful fate, but it's still like a King Diamond song. Because King Diamond, it, as his, his solo stuff, always, it was always more theatrical and more character driven and a mm-hmm. lot more of his... <laughs> a lot of more of like trying to play different parts and stuff, which is always fun and, and it can't be a shit, but this, yeah, this struck me as more, you know, King Diamond, King Diamond, not so much Marcel Fate, mm-hmm. but it's just fucking heavy and it's, uh, it's nice. It's nice. It's good. And the clean stuff is really well done. Yes. Uh, it's, te- it's technically the closer, but we do have one more hidden song, but if it's streaming, it just comes on immediately after. Yes. I am the warlock with wow. Jack Black holding his own with these these giants of oh. heavy metal. And holy shit, it's just a fucking ripper. And it's fucking rules. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think if Jack Black wasn't like Jack Black and uh wanted to be like a serious metal singer i think he could pull it off honest honestly not like jack black as he is but yeah i just i his love voice, his voice on his it voice sound, that's the thing like i i'm not like a big tenacious d guy i don't even love jack black's comedy so much i think he does a lot of that. A lot of stuff of like, all right, you've been doing that for the past 20 fucking years. I don't love Jack Black, but God damn it. I love God Jack Black. Damn it. He's a fun guy and his he sounds incredible on here. Yeah. Like there's no jokiness on here. No. It's just solid metal vocals. Hell yeah. And it's like you, you, you got to give it up. It's almost stupid how fucking good the song is and how great he sounds on it. One of the best on, on the on the whole record. Yes. Uh, I, what was I? I read something that he said about uh, this that uh, that uh, Jack Black said about about this song. Um, I want to find it. I want to find it. Um, I don't know if I can though. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to vamp while I find it. Yes. Um. Overall, just got it. Okay, keep going, keep keep going. Overall, some super group project like that Iomi record, Dave Grohl's on. I not like a big fan of that. Uh, you could be disappointed, but uh, if you are a fan of heavy metal, this is a this is a must listen in my opinion. I think so. Uh, the quote from from Jack Black was uh, after after Grohl approached him about uh, writing the lyrics. Um, he asked his wife, uh, and uh, like I guess about it. She said, uh, "It should be about a fucked up relationship." So he made a about a warlock. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is like, all right. Yeah, if you know if you know a warlock, that's probably a fucked up relationship. That can't be good. No, uh, no. I also skipped a quote from uh, from King Diamond, which is a which um which I think is important uh, only because it can it can be applied to basically every track on here. Uh, he, King Diamond says, uh, Dave told me to just do it my way, the way I sang, the lyrics, and so on. Just do it like King Diamond, he said. I actually never met him, but we corresponded through our representatives. That's, so that's basically the whole approach, the whole thing. Just be hey, yourself. Be, we, there's a reason I like you. There's yes. a reason we like you. Do that, and the song, the song will work. And yes. ultimately, I think it, it does for basically the whole album. Yeah. And then, yeah, in the future, I would... I'd be open to a ProBot too. I think uh, Dave Grohl is still talented enough that if he has the time or the energy to make a hodgepodge 
Avengers heavy metal type group that uh, I'd be open to it. I'd be interested, especially if it's like more of these kinds of guys, more of these dudes. Yeah, I I don't know how I would feel about repeats. I guess I'd be open to it, but I think well, there's plenty more to pick from. I think yes, yes, yeah. There's all kinds. Uh, oh, so we, oh, I I I tease this talking about begin- Southern Lord. Yeah, but at the beginning, but um, Dave Grohl uh, mentioned about choosing Southern Lord over anything else. He says, "My '80s hardcore band Scream." Worked with Southern Lord and the owner Greg Anderson now plays in a band called Goat Snake, uh, whose sing whose singer was the singer for Scream, which I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that either. And I've seen Goat Snake live. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Scream was pretty rad. He says we've known each other for over fifteen years. We're some kind of family. It was important for me to keep Probot as personal as possible, not with a huge company. The underground spirit of the record is straight. Metal was an underground movement in the eighties. The loyalty was an example. Ooh, hell yeah! Also. It. Funny Greg Anderson story because I'm never going to talk about Sun on this podcast. Yeah. Um, who's I seeing? Lama God. Lama God. I go up to Will Call. I'm getting my tickets. Uh, the guy next to me is like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm on the list. It's under Anderson. And she's like, what's your first name? He's like, Greg. 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 Uh, my ears perked up. I was like, no way. That's a generic name. So maybe, oh my God, it is. It's him, yeah. and, it, and it's him. And yeah. okay. Okay. Then uh, that's fun. That's always fun. Yeah. Cause like a lot of these, a lot of these people that we look, not look up to, but like sure. highly of, they're this just normal, regular yeah. ass dudes who got no problem walking on the street and never getting noticed. But when we notice, I'm like, Hey buddy, Hey buddy. I know. Hey. I know what you've done. Oh yeah. But, I don't fucking know. This is a great album, man. Anybody who likes it, yeah. check it out. Fuck yeah. 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 So thank you all for hanging out with us and joining us in all that good stuff. Like the video if you like it. Leave comments if you want to talk some shit or if you want to leave some uh, some anecdotes about any of the people on this record. It's all fun. Subscribe if you want to hang out with us even longer. You can find the full ProBot album in the description where we usually have a playlist uh, associated with the episode. Not this time. It's only got the one. And... Uh, yeah, if you want to really, really, really be kind and cool and rad, patreon.com slash every album ever. Uh, we got bonus episodes there, early access early access to the Loose Ends episodes, 20% off all our merch. Uh, and uh, you and get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls. You get on to talk about hanging out, join the Discord. You join group. that Discord, baby. If you go on a Patreon, you join the Discord and talk some smack with all of us. We're all music nerds here, and this is the people we want to be around uh, most often, really. Thank you for reminding me of that. And uh, if you're tier two on Patreon, you, of course, you get to request artists for us. It's the only way we'll do it at this point because uh, there's too many, but it's all good. Uh, you can follow me on all social media at Pander Monkey. You can follow Alex on Instagram at Mother Puncher. Please be sure to check out my debut EP, Pander Monkey by Pander Monkey. It's all solo. It's all me. It's just me by myself. I'm trying to schedule some shows to, to see how it works with those live. Uh, it's going to be a complicated tech process i'm using a laptop as well as my giant rig it'll be interesting i'm gonna try to make it loud i'm gonna try to make it fascinating um if it's boring i will kill myself uh noted that on the record on the record uh don't forget to follow our history guy tom osman on instagram facebook and twitter at tom osman sounds as well as his substack tomosman.substack.com and his debut album which is also very fucking cool check that out um so much for on a day's work, which you can find a link to in the description, as well as all the platforms, Spotify, Apple, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now we got to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. What are we going to wrap it up with? 
I think it's obvious, but maybe it's not because there's so many to pick from. But I think we got to go. Uh, I am the war. I think you're completely correct. It, yeah. it was obvious. Yeah. Hell yeah. So thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.